change They want me to change But I ain't changing Nah and you have now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still. And as always on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJs Radio Network, y'all already know, man, I only rock with legends over here. I say it every week and it's always fucking true. And today is absolutely no exception. Yo, we got... Stellar award winner. I'm sorry. Let, 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 let me make sure I got this because the resume is so big. I couldn't remember this shit. My man's has been killing the game since he was 12. He's been nominated and won a Stellar Award, Grammy nomin- uh, Award nomination, uh, NAACP Image Award as a musician and producer. And I'm reading off his website because I couldn't write all this shit down because I'm lazy. Um, he's worked a lot alongside... Artists such as Farrell Monch, Bobby Creekwater, Jada Kiss, Dr. Dre, Jasmine Sullivan, Alchemist, Exhibit, J Electronica. And I'm sure J Electronica disappeared on him at some point. I'm just fucking with you, bro. Uh, <laughs> yo, man. Welcome to the conversation, man. The incomparable Brandon Williams. How you doing, bro? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> That's funny, man. Jay, look, Jay Electronica, man. It's so funny that you say that, that he disappeared on me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know, no, Oba, look, you know, look, Oba? Man, look, Jay just disappeared on me two weeks ago. Literally. <laughs> like, like I was on Instagram. We was chopping it up. Um, You know, like he switches phone numbers every week. So I never know how to get a hold to him by phone. And, you know, so we kick it on Instagram. He'll hit me up. We'll be on live. You know, I mean, not on live, but, you know, just on the video for two or three hours, kicking it, working on mm-hmm. some music. And, um, you know, he hit me. He hit me a couple of weeks ago, man, and sent me about 20 or 30 DMs in a row. And I reached back out to him and literally he disappeared until last week. <laughs> But that's look that that's what that's what he does, man. You know, and that that's been my brother for a long, long, long time. I've been knowing him since I was like twenty one. So, you know, that's that's my guy, man. We've been knowing each other, yeah, twenty something years. Yeah, your man is yeah. Houdini in the flesh, man. The oh, black no, absolutely. Houdini. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ober Rowland was telling me uh, how he disappeared on Big Shine multiple times. It's not that look, if anybody say that, I believe it. Uh, like really, I believe it. Yeah, I believe Yo. it. What's it like, man, having just the all the accolades, the talent, the 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 drive? Like what's that like, bro? <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I mean for me it's just, you know, it's just it's just life. You know, I I just go through, you know, I just go through every day, you know, moving how I move. You know, the accolades are what they are and it's cool. Um, you know, and people like to talk about that. And there's something I, that I personally really don't like to talk about. Um, you know, sometimes you do have to pull the thing out and say, Hey, I, you know, I did this or, Hey, I did that. or I work with this person just to show people who you are, you know, what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I don't really like to talk about that stuff a whole lot, man. It's, you know, it's just things that happen. You know, the Grammy thing, it was something that happened, um, you know, some years back, you know, and I'm grateful for all of it, you know, the Grammy thing and the stellar and all, you know, all that stuff I'm grateful for, you know, so I'm not discounting, or really downplaying it, but you know, I just like to keep it moving and you know, and just work on whatever's next, man. You I mean, know, like, yeah. like I say, you've got a resume that's that's 
damn near unrivaled. What's your favorite okay. thing about the conversations you're able to have? Oh, man. My favorite thing about the conversations? You know what? I'm I'm an avid reader and an avid learner. So I guess it would really just be learning from, you know, whoever I'm in the room with. You know, whether it's Dr. Dre or Farrell Monch or Anita Baker or, you know, or whoever. Um, you know, I'm always about learning and looking to learn more about, you know, more about the craft and whatever I'm doing. How you meet Michael J. Powell? Oh, um, you know what? I don't remember. No, 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 no. I do know how I met Mike. I met Mike. I was performing at this venue called Lola's downtown Detroit um, in the Harmony Park area. And there was a studio um, that was named after the area. It's called Harmony Park. Mm -hmm. And Mike used to work upstairs. Um, so Lola's was downstairs and Harmony Park was up, you know, upstairs from that. Okay. And Mike used to just come in and out. And I used to see him and I'll never forget, you know, the first time I saw him, I'm like, yo, that's Mike Powell. And I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm sitting there performing. I don't know what I was doing at the time. But um, you know, I'm like, yo, that's Mike. So I went upstairs one day to the studio with my partner Quentin and was introduced to Mike. And Mike kind of took me up under his wing. And I've been doing music, you know, a little bit at that point, but nothing like what I was doing after I got to working with him. You know, working with him, we got to work with Aretha and Anita and Alita Adams and, you know, all of these different people. And, um, but yeah, Mike, he was, you know, he's, he's a great mentor, man. Great guy. Yeah. But that's, that's how we initially met. What did you learn from him that you teach to others? Um, basically how to complete records before Mike, I was more of a beat maker, you know, mm -hmm. because, and this is me, I've, I've always listened to, you know, Anita Baker and Freddie Jackson and Johnny Gill and um, Joe to see, I mean, all of the, you know, all of the stuff, right. But I was more into making beats, you know, on my MPC and that kind of thing, but I didn't know how to complete a song. Mm -hmm. So really sitting up under Mike taught me how to complete, you know, how to complete songs, how to go through the transitions, you know, from the verse to the bridge to the chorus. And of course I heard this stuff, um, you know, early on, but I don't know what, what it was about the music at the time where I wasn't able to do that. But I was also working with Dr. Dre real heavy and Denon Porter, and, you know, and all of these guys. So, you know, I was just really into the beat making thing versus mm -hmm. like the actual, you know, crafting of a song, you know, and not to say that beats can't turn into songs because I also work with Dilla and that was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, it was really just crafting, you know, crafting songs. That's, that's what I learned from Mike. So wait a minute, Dr. Dre, and Dilla. Yeah. Mike J. Powell. Mm-hmm. Production-wise, who else? I know you met Teddy Riley and got cool with him. Did y'all work together? So me and Teddy started working on something right before the pandemic, and the pandemic shut that whole thing down. But, um, you know, but I'm always, you know, picking Teddy's brain, reaching out to him, calling, texting, you know, and just trying to stay, um, trying to stay in touch. But yeah, Teddy, he's a great guy, man. But he's also, I mean, he's one of my absolute favorite producers. And then, of course, you got Jam and Lewis, um, you know, who produced, you know, some of the biggest stuff ever. We got Babyface, some cats who don't get mentioned a lot, um, the Vanelli brothers. And, you know, they were doing a lot of stuff back in late 70s early 80s gino vanelli joe vanelli ross vanelli and um those are like my guys um the gill brothers you know so we got you know the bgs those um, dudes bruh oh like my the, god the, the, like the niggas BGs, don't get the bgs you know, the credit from people, oh my 
Yeah, people, people don't get a Bee Gees the credit that they were, you know, as songwriters or or that they're due as songwriters and and also producers, man. Um, you know, so the Vanelli brothers, you know, is kind of one people may may not expect me to say. Um, I'm you know, not familiar then, with them. Yeah, but you know, the Gibb brothers, man, they were they were killing back in the day. Now Rogers, you know, is another one. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, now Rogers is, you know, he's one of the greatest ever, and he's been, you know, doing this since you know, 74, 73, and, you know, still up to these days, he's still very, very current, you know, and doing his thing. So um, I love producers like that, that keep their ear to the street and are able to stay current with what's going on today. The first time you had your heart broke. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You know what? It was probably mm, maybe Okay, I'm trying to see. I'm, I had a crush on this girl named Kira Bryant back in maybe fourth grade, third grade, but I don't remember if she broke my heart. Um, my first serious heartbreak, though. <laughs> my no, my first serious heartbreak, man, was probably I was I was going to this girl, man, named Jamie Gaston back in like ninth grade or something. And when me and her broke up, it was you know I think that may have been like my first real. You know, my first real heartbreak. Yeah, Jamie. That's, yeah, that's my homegirl, man. The reason I ask is is your writing has a certain optimism about love that mm-hmm. only can come from the loss, if that sure. makes sense. Sure. Um, and you know what? You know, any anybody that I work with, um, because I don't I don't do a whole bunch of the the actual writing lyric lyric wise. Mm-hmm. But what I try to convey in the feeling of the music is optimism about love, but also, you know, conveying just um, the totality of it, you know, because there's I mean, there's everything, you know, wrapped up inside of, you know, wrapped up inside of love. So, um, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's an interesting perspective. man. That's a really great question. Yeah. Lo- love is a beautifully ugly piece of shit. It is. <laughs> it, it is. It, look, it is. It, you know, it, and it, it can. It can be. I won't say it is, but it can be. Yeah, it can be. Even when it works, it's ugly as fuck. Sometimes. It's you know, no, it, no, it, no, it, 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 it's that. <laughs> yeah. It's that. It's that. Yo, what what high school did you go to? I went to Henry Ford. Come on, bro. So yeah. did I. Henry Ford. I graduated Henry Ford, 89. Trojan, Trojan, Brown, Brown and, you know, Brown and Gold all day, man. Yeah, man. Are you listening, man? I so did I. I look, oh, I hear you, Trojan. Oh, we come out on, here. man. God. We out here. <laughs> Trojan, we out here. Yo, that yeah. is fucking dope. What year? What year are you graduated? Um, 98. I came out in 98. Oh, my God. I'm way older than you. You have about maybe two or three years. <laughs> yeah, like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> you came out, what, 87, 88, 89? 89. Okay, 89. So nine years. Yeah, I think when did my brother come out? No, he came out a little after that. He went to McKenzie. Oh, um, was Chicken Wing still the uh 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 Miss Dr. Porter, man. Yeah. Dr. Porter. And yeah. I think we lost I think we lost Dr. Porter recently, man, within like the last year or so. Yeah, your man was yeah. stealing from the school too, though. Yeah, I, I heard I heard he was embezzling money. I did hear about that. <laughs> No, I heard about it, man. Yeah, I, I heard about it. But but yeah, no, Dr. Porter was cool, man. But yeah, he was still the principal when I um uh it was him who helped me graduate, man, because I failed banned in a couple other classes my senior year. You and they weren't gonna be grad I failed banned. Crazy, right? 
And um, and they weren't gonna let me graduate, man. And Dr. Porter was like, "Look, he's done enough. Just you know, just let him go." Oh goodness, I'm sorry, man. So my phone just turned off. Um, yo, the the Love Factor. The Love Factor, the two albums ago. Is that is that a perfect album for you? No. I mean, I don't know about perfect. Um, I, I listened back to it. I, I recorded that album in 2018 and 2019, released it in 2019. And I, I don't know if I would say it's perfect, but I but when I listen to it, which is rare, um, but I do go back to reference things and I don't hear anything that I would change about it. So I guess it would be perfect in my eyes. I don't like I don't bring really on hear anything I would change. It's a beautiful album, bro. Thank you, man. It really yeah. is a beautiful album, you, and, and and I got to shout out my manager for uh because she put me up on you. Okay, I started going down a rabbit hole, and, and it was the same thing with Dilla for me. Okay, oh yeah, like yeah. I I didn't know how great Dilla was. Oh man, he was yeah, he's one of the best ever. Literally a, one of the, one of the what, best ever. What's a good Dilla story? I can't tell some of them stories. <laughs> You done told you done told old, old girl whole government name, but you can't, you can't tell it. I can't tell some of them stories, man. I'm not no, mad at some, that. some of them stories I cannot tell, but I will tell this one. I tell this one often. Um, I'll never forget, man. We were building Dilla's studio at um at his house in Clinton Township, mm. and this is probably two thousand two. Ish, 2000, yeah, maybe 2001, 2002. He had just got to deal with MCA. Okay. He came to Guitar Center and he brought this $100,000 check and talked to me and my man Johnny and said, Hey, man, this is, um, you know, I need y'all to give me everything that I need, you know, for the new studio at the house. So while we were constructing his studio, he used to give me BCDs all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would get to Dilla's house probably at, we would get to Dilla's house probably about seven or eight in the morning. And we would leave probably around six or seven in the evening. So we would work, you know, maybe, you know, close to 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And Dilla will be working when we got there and he will be working when we left. And, you know, like I said, we would would leave at 7 p.m. When we would get back at 7 a.m. the next day, Dilla would still be in the basement. It was the craziest thing that, that he was still working. Mm. You know, after everybody went to sleep, I don't know if he went to sleep or not. I mean, I'm sure he did at some point, but um, but that's all leading into um the story. So we used to go upstairs, and Dilla had this this uh, this drawer where he used to keep his blunts. Mm. You know, Dilla smoked weed, you know, all the time. And I was I wasn't like a weed smoker back then, but I mm. wanted to be cool because I'm hanging around Dilla. So if he's smoking, then I'm gonna smoke. <laughs> and I'll never forget, man. He told me to go get a blunt out the drawer. You know, we smoking. And I'm guessing maybe 20 minutes or so later, I go back to the drawer and there's another blunt in its place. And they were literally like in this drawer, you know, sing, you know, single file. And his refrigerator was like the same way. Like I would go get a Coke or he used to keep Pellegrino um, in the refrigerator. And if you take one, literally 10 minutes later, there was another one in this place turned, you know, they were all turned the same way. Mm. Um, you know, Pepsi's, you know, Sprite, everything literally turned the same way, man. It was crazy. Um, you know, but but if you listen to Dilla's music, like his music was the same way. It was, you know, it was exactly like that. Like everything was so calculated. Um, 
and not only calculated is everything was very intentional and you know that that's the one thing that i took away from uh you know from studying up under dilla was you know whatever you're doing you know especially musically um mm -hmm. you know just be intentional uh intentional with what you're doing so but, yeah that's that's a that's a that's a crazy slash funny dilla story so when they study your music 50 100 years mm -hmm. what do you want them to get from 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 your style Oh man, that's a heavy question. Um, the same thing. I, I guess it would be passing the lesson on of intentionality. Um, intentionality and integrity in the music. That's what I'm really about, you know, is just making sure that the music sounds as good as it can, feels as good as it can, which is my thing. I'm I'm a feeling guy. Um, but yeah, just have integrity and be intentional with the music. How important is it to be in the studio with the artists you're working with? That's what I absolutely enjoy. Um, and it doesn't happen a lot these days. Like I come from the era where, you know, we were actually in the studio with yeah. the artists. You know, when I was working with Alchemist and I would be in the studio with Dre and we were working with Farrell Monch and Anita, like we would actually be in the room. And of course, you know how things are, you know, people can just send stuff on WeTransfer or Dropbox and do that. Um, and not that you can't create great records that way, because most of my most of my records have been made like that. You know, I'll send my stuff over to my partner, uh, Simon, in mm -hmm. Germany, and he'll do his thing. And, um, you know, but some people I feel need to be produced. So mm -hmm. I really like to be in the studio, you know, with these people producing them, you know, and just feeling the energy, you know, of the artists. I think is I think it's still super important to be in the studio with the artists and actually produce records, you know, together or actually write songs together instead of, you know, okay, I'll do three or four tracks and send them yeah. to you. And then you write to them. Let's just do it all together because now we can bounce ideas off of each other. You know, just the energy in the room. I think all of that stuff is still really important. Best chemistry you have with somebody in music. Abs oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, sometimes the chemistry is not there, but um, you know, but, but you at least figure, you figure out if you have chemistry with somebody, if you're with them. Okay. But what's, Who's who, who would you say you have the best chemistry with? Mm. Me and Alex Isley have made great records together and we've never been in the same room together. But Alex just understands. Um, she understands me musically and I understand her. Mm -hmm. You know, we're both cut, you know, from the same cloth. You know, of course, her dad is Ernie Isley from the Isley Brothers and her uncle was Ryan. Um, you know, my music is, you know, influenced by them and, uh, me and Alex Isley have made some really, really great records together. And then me and Joe Perret, mm -hmm. um, who's actually here in, in, in the city and, um, and Brian McKnight Jr. is one of my absolute favorites to work with. Man, me and him got great musical chemistry. I had the honor of interviewing him too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Brian, very, great very, very interesting interview. Okay. Um, yeah. a, a good, fair, just a very, uh, you guys remind me of each other. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, Brian's super, like, he's super intelligent, man. Yeah. He's he, highly intelligent. He I mean, very, very smart. Too. Oh, my God. He's a, he's an amazing singer. He's, be, he's better than what most people even understand. Like, people heard him on the Lover Suite. Um, you know, some people reached back out to me because when we did In Love on The Love Factor, you mm -hmm. know, some people liked it, some people didn't. But I'll never forget, man, a couple of people reached out to me um, on this new album. They was like, we had no idea Brian Jr. could sing like that. And I said, you know, but this is why I work with him, because he's 
incredible, <laughs> you know. And, you know, but we yeah, talked about like, his man, name, I, you too. You know, I got to give it up to him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. We talked about his name, too. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I think that that prevents a lot of his success. It, I mean, it, it could. Yeah, it could. You know, given given who his dad is. You yeah. know, it's, I mean, it's Brian McKnight. Yeah. Um, you know, and Brian McKnight is Brian McKnight. And then you hear Junior. Um, you know, and you got other people like that. You know, in the industry, you know, who, um, you know, who have at least the last name, you know, we got, um, you know, Nat Cole, Natalie Cole. Yeah. Um, you know, Natalie had, you know, had some great success. Um, but yeah, it, it could be, yeah, it could be preventing him, you know, a little bit, yeah. but, uh, but Brian, you know, Brian star is really rising, man. I'm loving, you know, seeing everything that he's doing and Brian's pen. Oh my God. Yeah, like Brian can do anything, man. He can write anything. R&B records, pop records, country records, rock records. Like Brian, he's like he's he's a, like he's a genius, man. Real talk. Is there a genre you haven't tackled yet that you're looking forward to? No, um, no, I've done everything, man. I've done pop records. I've done R&B records, of course. I've done jazz records. I've done contemporary and smooth jazz records. I've done rock and roll records. I've done heavy metal records. I produced this heavy metal band back in maybe 2002 or three, really? um, you know, but that's not where my passion is, but I was asked to do it, you know, and I, I think I did a good job with it. Um, you know, of course, hip hop rap, I've, I've literally done everything, man. You can hear all of the influence, you know, in my music. What was Jonathan Butler? Like I used to listen to that cat back in the day, Jonathan, like Jonathan, religiously. Jonathan was cool, man. Um, he was a little funny acting, but not not really personality wise. I'll never forget when I went to shake his hand and Jonathan is left handed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he plays his guitar this way. And I can't remember if I went to shake his hand with my right hand and he wouldn't shake my hand like it was weird, <laughs> man. Um, you know, but he was just trying to protect his hand. You know, yeah. And it was right. It was literally right before a show. Uh, but, yeah, no, personality wise, just in general, Jonathan's cool. Studio or the stage? Oh, um, these days after being on stage since I was 12, I'm going to go with studio. You yeah. perform, you performed for Farrakhan. I did. I did. Who, I, who yeah, was that I, like? I um, it was great, man. Yeah. Minister Farrakhan is probably one of the greatest people that I know. Um, I'll never forget, man. When he told me he was a fan of mine, when I played for Savior's Day, I played for Savior's Day back in, maybe 2011 mm-hmm. 2010 2012 i actually did it a couple of times but i played at his restaurant in chicago and i was performing i played piano for raheem devon uh white clef and somebody else but no performing for uh for the minister was really cool yeah i'm going to save this day next year i've been once before okay yeah phenomenal experience it is yeah i haven't been to savior's day Maybe in about five or six years, but I plan on going yeah, this coming year. Yeah, I, I actually, I bought my tickets last week. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, nice. Stevie Wonder. Stevie. <laughs> what? Stevie. Tell, tell me about that experience. Um, I was in the Stevie. Uh, I mean, in, in the studio with Stevie back in two thousand one or two. And me and him recorded a jazz standard together called um, Our Love is Here to Stay. And he told me to never put it out. <laughs> and, and, I, and I, you know, I'm an honor. 
I'm an honor CV and I'm never going to put it out. But some people have heard it. Uh, my girl Toya, she's heard it. Uh, my man Ronnie, he's heard it. I was actually looking for it because I lost it on a hard drive, you know, some years ago. And I don't remember if I said something about it online, but, you know, my, my girl Toya, she reached out to me. She was like, oh, I got that in my email. So she sent it to me about a year ago. Mm. Um, so I have it again. But um, yeah, I'll never forget, man. Stevie was asleep in his daughter's basement and we were actually building the studio in his daughter's basement um, in Oak Park, I think. I think we were in Oak Park mm-hmm. and um, we walked downstairs and Stevie, my best friend, Johnny, the craziest thing was Stevie was asleep upstairs. Me and Johnny were downstairs. And when Stevie came downstairs, he literally called out Johnny's name um, and hadn't seen us yet and didn't know we were there. Like it was the craziest thing. So I don't know if he smelled them. It was, you know, but I, I know senses are, you know, are heightened when you're blind or I'm assuming that. Um, that's what the studies show, but yeah, that was crazy. But no, working with Stevie just that one time was really cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say who, but somebody told me that 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 he lied. He can see. I mean, he may be able to see, man. You know, I know a lot of people. They say you know can see like outlines of stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. So I don't know, you know, if if he's like blind in totality, but um, yeah, I'm not sure, but you know. What I do know is that um, he's made some of the most incredible music ever. And he's one of the silliest guys I've ever met, man. <laughs> yeah, Stevie, he's a goofball, man. Okay, I give I, I, I give you a blank check. You can make an album with anybody you want. Who you got? I'll give you three writers, three other producers, and three artists. Oh, okay. Blank check. I can get in the studio with three writers, three producers, three artists. Okay. The three writers that I'm going to go with would be Babyface, mm-hmm. Harold Lilly Jr., and, oh man, it's a tough one, and probably Jonte Austin. That dude's ridiculous. Yeah, Jonte. Those are my three writers. Okay. Purdue. Um, I don't know if this is one or two, but I'm going in with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. That's one. Okay, that's one. As a team, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, I'm going in with Quincy. Okay. Um, and I'm going in with Gino Vanelli. I'm not familiar with him. You know his music when you hear it. Okay. Yeah, look them up. You know his music. Okay. And then three artists. Mm, there's nobody on the planet that like have name that I would really want to work with that I haven't already. Um, yeah, that's a tough one because it's not a whole bunch of people. Like most of the people. They don't have to not, be living, bro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give okay. I'm gonna give you one on that. You know what, Barry White. Oh, I'm going I'm going Barry White. Um, Barry White. I'm going Marvin. Oh, because you know it's Marvin. How can you not? And I'm going Tina Turner. Interesting. Tina Turner. Tina wow. Turner could do Tina Tina. She could do anything. She could do anything. And I would love to take Tina in a different direction. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, in a different direction. Tina Turner was incredible, man. Like, people don't even really understand how dope she really was. But I remember when I first heard Private Dancer when I was four years old. Our, you know, my mom had that tape, and I begged my mother. I'm like, no, you have to, like, you have to buy me this tape. And she got me my own copy of that tape, and I listened to Private Dancer on repeat all the time. And that, and it was a song on there called 1984. Um, and if I'm a, I need to throw in one other person. Um, Madonna. Really? Madonna. Yeah, mm. Madonna. I like Madonna. Yeah. <gasps> I like Madonna. I was you had me all the just I like Madonna. I, Look, her early records. But she I Madonna. I guess vocally she wasn't she made hits though. I'll give her that. Made, she made hits. She had, she had, she, I mean, she, she's a great songwriter herself. She also had, you know, people around her um, that were writing and, um, you know, entertainment, you know, she was dope, but she had enough vocally going on where she could get the job done. Um, and I personally think that I will be able to pull more out of her than what she's already done. I want I would like to see you with Tina Marie. I'm not mad at that. I'm not a huge Tina Marie fan. Um, and my my look, my my second mother, she would hate that I say that I say that. But I'm, I mean, a I'm, told, I'm a little I'm, tight about I'm, that. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, yeah, bro. I've told I've told her I'm just not a huge <laughs> Tina Marie fan, man. Um, like I like Tina and I respect what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not a huge fan of her music. Like I never put her music on to just like listen to and chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I yeah. Feel you. Yeah, but I absolutely respect Tina, you know, as a vocalist and what she does. And she was a really great songwriter. Okay. Yeah, right, I meant to ask you this. Um, and I don't know. I think Rocky's reality reminded me. Why 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 didn't uh Stevie want you to release that song? Because he had just woken up and he said that he wasn't in the best shape vocally. Cause we I mean, I don't I don't remember how long it was from the time he came you know, from upstairs to the studio down mm-hmm. and when we actually recorded it, but he just said that he didn't like the way he sounded and he didn't want me to release it. So I told him, I said, okay, you know, I won't, but like I said, there, there have been people that have heard it, but, um, but yeah, he said not to release it and, you know, and I don't think I will. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you're getting ready to record four albums in a week. I am. Why? Huge undertaking. Um, I have a lot to say musically for one. Um, I want to take a break. That's the second reason. So let me see. Yeah, I want to take a break. I want to focus on some outside projects and people ask me to produce some records. So if I get all of my stuff done, like I don't like to work on my stuff and then work on other people's stuff gotcha. at the same time. Uh, when I'm focused on my records, um, you know, I'm just super locked in on my record. So if I get all of this music done, then I'm able to focus on, um, you know, some other people's stuff. But yeah, I just have a lot to say musically, man. I got some really interesting concepts um, for these records and me and my team, me and Matt, Rufus, you know, Tony, um, you know, whoever else I call in, Quentin, you know, we all going in next week and we're going to knock this stuff down, man. We, you know. I'm writing charts, Matt's writing charts, Rufus is in LA writing charts, and we're going to go in, read this stuff down, and literally lay the beds, you know, for all of the music, you know, and then, you know, of course, we'll call in, you know, vocalists, mm-hmm. and that'll come, you know, maybe the next six months or so, 
but I'm hoping that within the next six months, each album will be like totally done. Okay. And do you have like a, a, a construction formula that you use? I don't. Yeah, okay. I don't. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, music just kind of starts where it starts. If it starts sitting right here, if it starts in the bathroom or outside and I'll put it together, you know, however I put it together, it could start with drums. It could start with this, you know, with guitar. It, yeah, it's no, I don't have any set thing, you know, that I, that I start with and construct from. Your your yeah, favorite it's, it's, song no, that you've no, done? Favorite song that I've done, mm-hmm. "The Lover Suite." This new one, yeah, this new one, twenty nine minutes and twelve seconds of absolute beauty, you know. And I'm not saying that, you know, because it's mine, but I'm a fan of everybody who's on that record: uh, Matt Cusine, Brian Jr., Joe, Robert Glasper. Um, Taylor Ixty, you know, my man Sasha is on guitar. Jarius is doing some background vocals. It's, you know, to me, it's perfect. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. The Lover Suite. Worst song you've done? Um, mm. Ain't got no I shit know. that you listen to and you just like, oh, that's cringe. How do I get this? Like on my like on my actual albums. Mm-hmm. Oh no 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 not on your albums because I if, oh, if, if you thought it was oh, cringe. Just in I don't general. Think. Oh man, yeah. I have no idea. Something on this look. Something on this hard drive is terrible. <laughs> 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 you know, like and it, like and it's nothing and it's nothing in recent years. Like it may be something that I did ten years ago that I'm just not. You know, I wasn't feeling. You know, but I've grown to a point where. Um, like personally, I don't think that I can make a bad song. I think once you reach a certain level, um, you know, that's like saying that Quincy Jones can make a bad song or Stevie can make a bad song. It may not be to your liking or your taste, but I don't Mm. think that Quincy, I don't think that Quincy Jones can produce a bad song. Okay. You you know what I mean? He's reached a level. It's like, it's not going to be bad. It just may not, you may, you know, you may not be feeling it. Um, Stevie Wright, uh, Stevie Wonder cannot write a bad song. Like he's, you know, it just may not be your thing. You know, George Clinton. I, you know, I just feel like when you reach a certain point, you can't do anything bad. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just that's just kind of how I feel. But at what, at what point yeah. did you get in your pocket then? I think I really, really, really jumped in my bag probably back in 2012, 2013, when I was in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Africa working with Jay Electronica. And I think at that point is when I, you know, when I kind of made a decision to like focus on the producer side. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already been doing some productions and working with some people. And, you know, I had done stuff, you know, working with them and, you know, and all of these different people. But I think I jumped in my bag when I decided to do my own thing and make my own records. Okay. Um, and you say you work with M? Yeah, I worked with M back in maybe 2001, 2002, 2003, something like that. We worked, yeah, we worked together for some years. Okay. Uh, what's he like? M was cool. Um, quiet, quiet, calculated. He was very, very cool. Um, he was cool to hang out with. We only got to hang out like outside of the studio a couple times. We were at Maryland's on Monroe. 
Um, actually, the first time I met him, and M got me so drunk. Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Man. So, so this, so this is how this story goes. So, my man Denine Porter, I was working at Guitar Center at the time, and my man Denine, I think I may have been on my lunch break or something. So, I'm sitting in the keyboard room, you know, doing my thing. So, Denine walks in, and he's like, "Hey, man, you know, you dope." You know, you want to come play some keys on some stuff. And I knew who he was because I was a fan of D12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I knew Proof at that point because I used to see Proof at the hip hop shop up on Seven Mile. So I knew who Denai was. And I can't remember how long after we met. It may have just been it may have been that night or within like a couple of days. He said, you know, I want you to meet Eminem working on whatever record this was. This may have been the second album at this point. Hmm. And uh, we met at Maryland's on Monroe and, you know, M and, and to show how green and naive I was at the time, he said, um, and I think yeah, I was probably 21. So I just started drinking uh-huh. and M, he said, you know, just go to the bar and just tell them to put it on my tab. And I didn't know what a tab was. You know, I said, I said, you know, and I probably asked him something like, what you talking about? You know, I don't know. He said, just tell them it's on me. And I said, okay, cool. So at the time, I was drinking this beer, man. Um, I, I don't know how it tastes now. It's a drink, uh, beer called Honey Brown. Oh, Honey uh, Brown right. used to be the shit. Right? That, like, yeah. Honey Brown was it. But, you yeah. know, especially like early 2000s, Honey oh, Brown was man. it. They, that like was that move. was it. Yes. You know, that was the move. So I was drinking Honey Brown, you know, real heavy at the time. So they had Honey Brown there. And I think I probably had, you know, and I'm, and again, this is me at 21 years old, hanging out with him and Denine Porter. And I'm like, oh, it's all on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go for it. <laughs> I'm going for it. So, you know, I got a honey brown, get up, go get another honey brown, get up, go get another honey brown. And I'm like, okay, let me let me switch it on over. Got a couple Long Island. Oh, a couple? A couple Long Islands. Oh. You know, top look, top shelf. Oh, and then I'm, and then I'm, and then you know, and then me and my mom, when I would drink with her, like her drink was fuzzy navels at the time. So I'm like, all right, man, let me switch it up again. <laughs> <laughs> I would go and get this fuzzy navel, and let me give me another one, and then okay, let me switch it back, and me give me another long eye, and then I'm closing out with Honey Browns, dude. I was so messed up. So I'll never forget, man. We all walked outside. Elm got in some like black truck or something, and me and Denine were standing in the parking lot. And he looked at me. He was like, "Man, you good?" I said, "Yeah, I'm cool." So I got in my Ford Escort GT. Mm-hmm. That look, look that I got, look that I got from Mel Far. So you already know, you already know what time it is. That nigga, he should have flew and picked you up because I know you were <laughs> hey, done. Dude. Yeah, you know, you know, you know the mail fire, you know the mail fire cars with the joint, you know, because they cut your joint off if you don't make your eighty-seven dollars payment. Oh there. my god! They will shut your car off. They shut my car off a number of times back then, <laughs> where I ended up stranded somewhere and had I literally walked the mail fire to make payments, man. <laughs> Oh man, little bell file was terrible. Look, but if you look, but if you just made your payment, you was fine. <laughs> you was all right. But anyway, man, so so dig this. So Denai asked me, he was like, Man, you good? I said, Yeah, I'm straight. So I jump on the large freeway because I was living in Oak Park at the time. Jump on the large freeway, and I'm like, okay, I'm messed up. 
So I let the windows down and, you know, oh, and I had a sunroof because, you know, this is GT. So the back is the hatch. So I let the windows down. I open the sunroof. I don't remember how I got home. But what I do know, I was living in Oak Park in a duplex and we used to go in the back door. So you would pull in between the houses and park your car in the back. My mother. So when you the, the door at the back, you would go up a step into the kitchen. Like mm -hmm. into the house. Right. And then if you open the door and go down, you were right at the basement. So there was a landing right here. Right. My mother woke me up at 730 in the morning on the landing. <laughs> Look, door in the back. Door in the wide back. Open. Wide open. <laughs> I didn't make it down to my room. I didn't make it upstairs. I was literally passed out on the landing, man. It was wild. Look, so I stopped drinking for about a year or two after that. Um, I blame Eminem still. <laughs> I blame I blame Eminem still for me, you know, for for that happening. I mean, because you know it was all on his dad. But you know, I got a little, I got a little more self control these days, and I, and I know how to drink. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, we all we've all been there, bro. Oh yeah, oh no, oh no, we've all if you if you was drinking. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah. how it is at 21, 22. And Yo. if somebody just tell you, oh, hey, man, it's all on me. Oh, okay, cool. I lost my car literally one time. <laughs> I, I I'm drinking Tangeray oh. with, with my cousins. I have not drank Tangeray since this night. I believe it. With my cousin and our boys, we go up to Northland. We like three cars deep. We was goonie back then too. We go in. I, I ran into the wall at Northland for no apparent reason. Just yeah, ran into the wall and parked yeah, my car. Like didn't shit happen. Go in and and I don't know. Like thirty minutes after I'm in there, it dawns on me. Damn, I just fucked my car up. Yikes! I remember going back to my car and then in the next morning. Apparently, I had called my wife at the time from some random ass store like two miles away. She came and picked me up. The next morning, I'm like, you can take me to my car. We drive, and I'm like, where you going? To your car. You, you don't know where your car's at? No, it was in the parking lot of this store. Word. Bruh, I ain't drank Tangeray since. Word. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to drink no more Tangeray. <laughs> Ever. Like that Ever. Shit was. Ever. God was on my side that night. No, man. for real, man. Look, I'm and I've had a few nights like that, man, where, you know, you just don't know how to hold it. You know? Oh, man. Yeah, I've had yeah. I've had a few of them nights, man, but that that was easily my worst night like that. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, but yeah, was, but it was it, it was it, it was M though, bro. I think most of us would have. Hey, man, it's M's fault. I blame yeah. I blame M now. I'm gonna blame him too. Yo, <laughs> how how did you get into the TV commercials? Um, a partner of mine, man, that um that I've been knowing probably 25 years now, um, reached out to me back in 2007. He works at a um, at an advertising agency and he reached out and said, hey, you know, I need some music. And I worked on an album for him because he's an artist as well mm -hmm. and um, worked on an album for him and his crew at the time. And, you know, he said that he needed some music for, I believe at the time it may have been AT&T. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first commercial was AT&T in 2007. So um, and I've, I've been literally working with him since 2007. So I think this year I've done probably I've done maybe maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen spots. You serious? Um, you know, between like TV and then when you're scrolling on Instagram or you know, or an ad pops up on YouTube. 
like I do music for a lot of that stuff. So that, that 15 second, you know, thing that comes on on YouTube before, you know, before your thing comes on or while you're scrolling on Instagram, you see that little six second, you know, the little six wow. second spot. And then, of course, you know, and then, of course, you got, you know, the 30 second spots uh, for TV. But I think I've probably done 15 or 20 this year. Um, Yo, here. you have mastered the art of the bag. Um, I, I I know how to get money. My mom, my mom and dad taught me how to get money. <laughs> like I'll, I'll I'll never at this point be broke ever again. I'll that, never be broke. That I'll is never a, be broke. that is a beautiful thing right there. Yeah, to never be I'll, broke. I'll never be broke. You know, and I'm not where I want to be, but I'll never be broke. You know, I'll never be broke. You got kids? You married? Um, I'm comfortably situated. Um, I've never heard it put that, that way before. Yeah, I'm comfortably situated, and um, I have um, I have two sons, my guys. That's that's, that's I'm comfortably situated. Comfortably to use situated. That one. Yeah, I'm about to use that, bro. Yeah, com I'm, I'm comfortably I'm, situated. I'm, I'm still in your shit. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortably situated. You know, people, however, however they want to take that. I'm I'm comfortably situated. Would you consider yourself neo soul? Absolutely not. Um. Uh, my music is, I, I would just say it's soul music. Um, you know, the Neo thing, like I wouldn't necessarily put myself in the bag with Erica and the people who were, is that oh, one of my other phones? Um, I wouldn't put myself in the bag with, you know, Erica and music and the early stuff that was going on with Jill. Like I, I did that music, mm -hmm. um, you know, back when the Neo old thing was like really, really popping. But I would just say it's soul and R&B music, you know, with like jazz influences. Okay. Yeah. How dope is Jill live? Um, Jill is very, very dope live. I actually prefer her live. I've seen, yeah, the, I, I seen the one clip and I, I, I prefer her live, too. Yeah, yeah, I prefer I prefer Jill Scott live. She's yeah, she's really dope live. Your best performance, your most. In, uh, I don't, I don't even I I won't say best, but your most enjoyable performance. Oh man, that's crazy! Over the last twenty five years, um, I would say that one of them was probably when I closed out the Java and Jazz series with my new band at. Detroit Public Library this past summer, um, or was that last? No, that was last summer. We, mm -hmm. I mean, we absolutely murdered the stage. Um, so that was probably one of my best shows um, ever. And then a couple times I've been down to Dallas. Capital Jazz was good. I've, I've had a lot of performances that I think you know that that were memorable for me. Um, but yeah, probably one of my best would be the Jive and Jazz performance. I know you did. Uh, you you have to have done Heart Plaza. I'm sure. Um, oh yeah, I played there a number of times. Yeah, I played there for the Jazz Fest a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if, if it's somewhere to play in and around the city of Detroit, I've played there. I'm sure. Yo, have you done the All Ford uh, reunion? Um, I have not. I have not. Like every time they do it, I'm always working because I'm usually booked pretty far out. Um, you know, and I know they do. Yeah, you know, the all year, you know, the all years thing. But I'm I'm always working. Yeah, yeah like I didn't I didn't get to the one. What was it? The 20. How long have I been out of school? 25 years. I think it was 25 years this year. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to go because I was already working and couldn't take off. And um, I didn't even go to the class reunion. The, the class reunion. Was it 10 years? 
they actually all came to me. Yeah, they all came to me when I was performing at Lola's, and that was a good time. I've never been to one of my. I didn't give a shit. Like I, I love, I, I loved high school. I yeah. just don't love them niggas now. Yeah, and I'm I'm not mad at that. Um, I didn't have a whole bunch of friends in high school. I had a couple. Um, you know, and I enjoy seeing people from high school when I keep in touch, you know, with, with people on Facebook. But I think the way that the world works now with Facebook and Instagram and all that, we see each other so often online. It's enough. Yeah, it's I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, other than like your people, people, you know, if you got like your best friend from high school, you know what I mean? Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm cool seeing people, you know, seeing people online. Yeah. I, um, and, I, and let me take that back because next it's not that I don't love people. Um, yeah. It just, yeah, what you, what he just said. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Like it, it's not like I, I don't I don't feel it's necessary. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't feel it's necessary. And then it's got to be, it's got to be difficult to trust people's motives after sure. you've, you, you've been so successful. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I don't really think about that a whole lot, but I I guess because I tend to stay to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, you know, my small circle of people who I call my friends, um, you know, and if I see people out, I see people out, but I don't really let too many people like in my circle, um, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really a person at these days, I guess, cause my job is to be out. If I'm not in the studio, my job is to be out. So mm-hmm. I don't really like to be out like that. Robert Glasper. What's he like? My guy. He oh seems my to God. be every, he seems to be like, like, like the world knows him, but doesn't yeah. know him. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy, man, that that as many people know him, there are still many who don't. And it's weird to say this because now I believe Rob is a five-time Grammy Award winner. Um, and I think he was just nominated for another two. So, you know, he'll probably win. But it's crazy that his star even is still rising. You know, it's weird to say that. Um you know, but like people in music know, but then some people just they just don't know who he is. Um, you know, but I'm I'm really glad um or really happy for him and the moves that he's making, you know, with the soundtracks. I know he just finished up the thing for um uh for Luther Vandross. He just finished up doing, you know, the, the soundtrack or he uh scored the uh scored the documentary for Luther. And you know, he's doing TV shows here, he's got his records, you know. Um, and I don't expect everybody to know, you know, to know who he is or who I am or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, once you reach a certain level, then, of course, people know who you are once you Beyonce, or, you know, like that level. But um, but yeah, Rob, no, he's, he's a great guy, man. He's probably the funniest dude I know. Yeah, he's like he's a comedian, man, for real. Did you say a Luther documentary? Luther documentary will be premiere at Sundance Film Festival, I believe, in the spring. And Glasper uh, scored the music for it. Wow, that's big. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Luther, I, me and me and Glasper did a conversation on here about two or three weeks ago, and um, I asked him about that. And asked if he had a chance to kick it with Marcus Miller. Marcus mm-hmm. is another, you know, another cat man. You know, Marcus. You know, doing films and and bass, and I was uh, able to work with Marcus on my. Second album, he's on the Love Factor. Yeah, but Marcus is the guy, you know, like all of the stuff, you know, that, that people love from Luther, man. Marcus is playing bass and producing all of those records. Him and Nat Adderley Jr. Yo. Yeah, I'd, like so, to, I'd like to steal your phone for about two minutes. Oh, man, it's, 
I know, right? <laughs> like your shit's got to be crazy, bro. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> like, and it's crazy because I look at other people's phones. Like, I would love to look at Glasper's phone. Oh yeah, his shit is probably you, you, know, you know what I mean. You know whose phone I would love. To, uh, 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 fuck, 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 fuck. The comedian. Oh, why? Why can I not remember this nigga name? Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like Dave oh, yeah. Chappelle's phone is. I mean, his phone. Be. Yeah. Oh no, his phone. Um, Quincy's phone. You know, just oh. look through. Just look. Just Quincy. Just give me your phone for about ten minutes. And just, I just want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to take nobody's number. Just let me just kind of just do like that. You know who probably you had know. the the biggest contact list in the history of entertainment? Who are you thinking? Clarence Yvonne. Oh my God! He's, I mean, yeah, he yeah, even more than Quincy. Yeah, Clarence. Like beyond yeah. yeah, like I don't think there's probably never going to be duplicated. Yeah. No, 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 no. His phone had all the numbers. Yeah. Oh my God. Every man. look, yeah, Clarence could call anybody. That dude was no, no, yeah, the Godfather man. He he could call anybody, you know, and they everybody, you know, reveres Clarence Avon man. He's the guy that made you know made a lot of the stuff move. Is 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 there a a Clarence Avon for this generation? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think anybody is in the industry that has that much power and that much reach. That's mm-hmm. able to make stuff move the way that Clarence made stuff move. Like he, you know, all of the politicians, musicians, athletes, like everybody knew who Clarence was. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you you're right, Rita. Clive Davis is his bag is pretty deep too. Oh no, Clive is yeah, Clive, Quincy, like all them dudes. I'm sure they phones is, you know, but not like Clarence. Do you still get nervous calling somebody? No. Oh, I, I get no. nervous, man. No, I don't. I don't get nervous. I can't remember the last time I was like nervous to like talk to somebody or walk up to somebody and say hi. You know, I guess just because I've met so many people now, um, you know, and have been, you know, at the parties and this and that, and you know, people are just people. So, um, I still like, get I nervous. Telling, you know, I was I was telling my story today about you know how I met Teddy Riley and I was terrified to go talk to him, man. You know, and now I can call Teddy on the phone and, you know, and this is my guy. But, you know, but 10 years ago, terrified to talk to Teddy. But, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I was, like, nervous to, like, talk to somebody. Yo, man. Yeah, so so before the show, Rita hits me up. It's like, you got to ask good questions. She made you got me, good, hey, man, yo, you got good questions. Shit made me nervous as fuck. <laughs> scared, scared. Like, I, I don't get nervous all that often anymore. You know, that's um, funny, man. But like, yeah, um, she said you got to ask some good questions. I'm like, damn, I, I don't ask good questions. Like, 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 like I, I don't like, no, you do. Well, right. That's exactly what she said. I'm but, like, look, I got an ego like, too. You, like, shit. Yeah, you do, but, but, but this one, I need you to ask a really good right. question. Right. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't think I got real good questions in. Let me- no, no, you, no, you've asked, no, you've asked better questions than most. Oh, you have right. asked better questions than most. You know, mo- most interviews typically, you know, I'm giving the same answers to the same questions. But it's been some in here that's like, oh, okay. And actually, the majority of the questions that you ask have been on the other side of the same. I hate that shit. Like I, I look at other interviews that people do, 
And I try not to as much now because it it kind of makes me not ask certain questions yeah. when when sometimes it's not the question they asked, it's the question they didn't ask about the question they asked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I try to make sure I still, you know, check the interviews out because, you know, some shit you leave on the table and I leave shit on the table. That's why I don't like right. listening to my interviews afterward. I never do. No, I hear. I mean, that's that's like we, me with my music. Like, I don't you know, I don't listen to my music after I put it out. It's not for me. Like, this is this is not for us. You know, like, I'll, I'll never watch this interview. I'll post it. I'll never watch it. You know, this is this is for the people who aren't who aren't here. You know what I mean? Well, I, ho- I hope yeah. I've done a good enough job so that people who aren't familiar want to get more familiar. Yeah, no, that's I mean, and that's that's really what it's about, man. That's you know, that that should be the mission for everybody who, you know, who has any type of podcast or radio show or whatever. Um, you know, that's a great goal to have. I think personally that you've done it. All right. Um, I'll take that. You know, I, that's I, all that counts. I, 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 like these were amazing questions, man. Real talk. I'll talk. There you go, Rita. Amazing questions. You hear that? Rita, amazing questions. <laughs> amazing questions. All right, one more. Pop yeah. As far as marketing your album now, more important, podcast or the radio? Um, podcast. Yeah, podcast. I mean, radio is still what it is, but radio is, you know, I mean, radio is only going to do what radio is going to do, which is not much. They're going to play the same 12 songs that you hear, you know, over and over again. Um, you know, but podcast, you know, I mean, and it, it depends on the reach, but I'm, I like podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm biased, but I, I do too. Yeah, no, I really, yeah, I like podcasts. And I was talking to somebody, you know, um, and they were saying that they spent like a hundred grand on the radio. Oh no, oh no, it's easy to do on a on a campaign for radio. It's it does, easy to spend. It doesn't make it. I, I'm thinking to myself that don't make sense nowadays. Yeah, I per, I personally don't think so because I don't think the return on investment will be that much. It tr- nothing. It, yeah, it it doesn't make sense. The return on investment is not it's not there to spend that much on a radio campaign. Like, you know, to spend a thousand or two or you know five, maybe ten. Yeah, you know, I, on a radio I, campaign. Okay, cool. But hundred grand, absolutely not. And outside of the Breakfast Club, like the Breakfast Club is national, right. like big big national, way bigger than everybody else. And I yeah. and I fucks with the other ones too. Like I'm not gonna you know, but as yeah, far I mean, as Steve Harvey, yeah, you know, no, they're I, cool. You know, the iHeartRadio thing, sure, yeah. But as far as like, if you want to get on the radio and get seen, you know, it, it's it's hard to beat the Breakfast Club. It is. No, it is. No, Breakfast Club is. You know, I mean, it's the Breakfast Club. <laughs> okay, so besides the, yeah. the the four albums you got coming next year, what else should we be on the lookout for? People want to get in touch with you. How they go about doing that? Um, so getting in touch, every, everything is B Williams music, my website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or X or whatever it is now, threads, you know, uh, spill, all of that social media stuff is all B Williams music. And then what do I have coming up? So really just these four records, man. Um, this is the big thing right now. And I'm actually getting ready to leave to go to Dubai. Um, actually I'll be in Dubai, Abu Dhabi and a couple other cities. So I'm going to the United Arab Emirates. Um, doing a tour in February, uh, second week in February. I think I'll be gone for 10 or 11 days. And um, I'll be teaching in some colleges there and doing a short tour. That's crazy right there. Yeah. 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 
If you ever need an old fat nigga with absolutely no talent, hit me up. I got, I got, I got you. You need me to carry your bag? I got you. Um, I probably can't do that, man. It's a little tiring now. You, you know, you can roll. You can roll the bag. I, yeah, I can push the little thing to it from the hotel. I got you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you funny. <laughs> You funny, <laughs> yo. Uh, but on a, on a serious note, I'm I'm not sure if I can ever do anything for you. But if you ever need anything, bro, please don't don't hesitate to reach out to me, and I got you. Absolutely, man. Look, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is this has been a real good time. And again, I really appreciate the questions, man. They were very very thoughtful, um, and thought provoking. Like you actually made me think. And typically, you know, interviews, I don't have to think because I've answered the same questions over and over and over again. So I just, you know. But yeah. no, you you actually made me say, you know, hold on, wait, let me think about this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna yeah. have to clip that and send that yeah. to Rita. We try to yeah. tell your ass. Look, I'm I'm sure I'm sure she's watching. <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she is watching. Yeah, I'm sure she I'm sure she's in the room somewhere. That's yeah, that's my homegirl, man. She's she's good people. Real See, I, yo, man, you, yo, my shit has picked up so much in the last few months just by um, having her as a manager, like so. Yeah. That's good, man. That's uh, yeah. good. But congratulations on everything, man. You know, and and wishing you much success, you know, with with this and just life in general, man. Yeah, wishing you the best. Yo, tell Teddy, Teddy, uh, come through. I got you, bro. Look, I will. Look, uh, I, look, I'll absolutely hit him up. That nigga be lying, man. Everybody said that shit. Then I can't get in touch yeah. with Jazz after the show. Anyway, I'll hit Teddy up, man. Teddy, I appreciate you, know, you bro. And, and Teddy may do it. You know, he may do it. I'll, I'll reach out to him and ask him. Oh man, that would yeah. Man, I, I probably would cry a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not mad at that. I, I'm not mad at that. Hey man, grown yeah. men cry too. It's yeah. look and it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, be crying and guy. Man. All right, man. I'm gonna let you get out of here, man. <laughs> I, I truly, truly, truly appreciate uh your time, yeah, your, your wisdom. Um this, this was you, an man. honor, bro. Yep, yep, yep. Uh thank you for having me, man. Oh, no doubt, man. Anytime you want to come back, just just say the word. We got you. All right. Yeah, no doubt. On that on that note, uh, look, I'm tongue-tied. Uh, have a good one, bro. Appreciate right, you, you again. All right, yeah, peace, peace. Yo, um, and of course, I am Jobs. I am your host of Intellectually Petty Radio. I ask thought-provoking questions because I'm so fucking dope. <laughs> Yo, um... Uh, I'll be back in a good hour. Um, yo, I got Sierra Angelia um, coming on to the show. She is an actress extraordinaire. Um, yo, and she's, I think I counted 27 movies. I don't know. And I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm missing some shit. Um, this was a very, very, very dope conversation, though, man. If you get a chance to check out B. Williams. Um, on that note, I'll see y'all in a minute. I'm out. Peace.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.